Well, it's the 15th of October, 2020, and what to say? I wanted to say something about Kashmir, which is bothering me greatly at the moment. I don't know whether it should, but it does. And partly the, the focus for that is the British Labour Party. It just annoys me so much. I mean, come on, guys. The new leader of the Labour Party has decided that, uh, we're talking about Sir Keir Starmer, has decided to change Labour's stance in regard to the Kashmir dispute. You might think this is really trivial. It's not. Remember that the largest element of diaspora for Mirpuri, Pakistan, the, the area of Pakistan that is, is old Kashmir, are in Britain. It's just a historical accident, but that's the way it is. So Britain has a huge population from Kashmir, from Pakistan side administered Kashmir, not rather than from the valley and, and Indian side administered Kashmir. So it's a big issue. And Keir Starmer has changed Labour's stance. He did so on the 6th of May, pretty early on with a statement. And he said, uh, this is a matter for the Indian Parliament. Kashmir is a bilateral issue for India and Pakistan. Now, that's really something. He's done it uh, because he wants to distance himself from the Kashmir issue and curry votes with Britain's Indian community. Uh, that is, Britain's Hindu community, who are originally from, ancestrally, I mean, from um, of Indian heritage. So uh, there, there is a loyalty. It's just natural. There's a tendency for a loyalty to India on, on the part of people who um, are from the Indian diaspora. And Keir Starmer's stance has been welcomed by Labour Friends of India. Now remember that in Britain there is a kind of historical divide. And the people from the Hindu community have tended to be very strongly conservative in their voting patterns, uh, whereas the, the tendency has been from people from the Muslim community in the United Kingdom, and this is a big generalization, I appreciate, to have been labor. And so Labour has been able to rely on the votes of the big Mirpuri communities in places like Birmingham and Manchester and Bolton and all over. So they've got that, Keir Starmer's got that in his back pocket, hasn't he? What he hasn't got is the vote of the Indian diaspora, who traditionally vote Conservative. So he's feeling self-assured. He thinks he's got the... Kashmiri diaspora, they're safe and sound, so he can busily betray them whilst currying favor with the Indian diaspora. Cynical little worm that he is. Honestly, come on. Oh, he's a great, in his way, a great man. He's going to be a great leader of the British government. He will rule Britain in due course because, because because uh, Boris Johnson's days are numbered just as much as dear Donald over in America. I mean, you know, it's the mis mishandling of the COVID issue. I wonder, actually, whether, whether Narendra Modi uh, in India, the, the extremely right, I mean, it makes, makes 
Donald Trump look like a pussycat. Modi, the extreme extremist prime minister of India, his days may be numbered for similar reasons. Can he go on when they have an election? But the trouble is they've had an election last year, and so there won't be another election in India until what? It's 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 a while to go. Um, Twenty. Uh, 2024, 2024, May 2024. It has to, elections have to be held. An uh, Indian general election has to be held on or before 19th of May 2024. Well, that's a long wait. I mean, people compare Narendra Modi's policies to. I mean, they are extreme, extreme, extreme. And his ab- abolition of Article 370 goes against the Indian Constitution, but nobody stopped him, which which gave some form of autonomy for Kashmir. Uh, was um, a horrendous act uh, of betrayal for the people of Kashmir who cherish their, their autonomy, and it's, it's, it's so wrong. But Pakistan hasn't been particularly helpful either. Pakistan's refusal to negotiate has been absolutely disgraceful, actually. It, they, I've said this before, but Pakistan does the old same thing that the Palestinians do with or at least the Palestinian leadership does the same thing as the Pakistan leadership. So over this contentious issue, you know how it is with Palestine. Abu Mazin, the, the president of, of Palestine, refuses to negotiate with Israel as long as settlement building continues. That's the general stance over many, many years. And, of course, that really empowers Israel, because Israel can say, well, thank goodness for that. All we have to do is continue building settlements, and we don't have to deal with the, the uh, <laughs> Palestinian peace process, and we can blame Abu Mazen. We get a similar kind of approach now from the leadership of Pakistan, where it says, oh, we're not going, to, uh, not going to talk to India until it revokes its al- abolition of Article 370 in regard to Kashmir, uh, so, so India can say, oh, well, thank you for that, Pakistan, we don't need to talk to you then, that's good, and it's all your fault. You know, this kind of childish international politics that Pakistan is engaging in, pathetic, really. At least it's not as cynical as Keir Starmer and the Labour Party in Britain. If I were a uh, mere poor heritage British citizen uh, living in Birmingham, somewhere a town in the Midlands, and uh, it came to the next British general election, I see that's some way off, isn't it, as well? I would certainly not be voting Labour. I'd pick some independent party. Gosh, I'd Green or something. But anyway, someone with a little conscience in this context but not Labour, given its cynicism over the Kashmir issue. I might not want to vote for Boris either. But anyway, I just am shocked by Keir Starmer's play. And it's interesting, though, I mean, India has become ideologically anti-Muslim. If you're looking at the behavior of Narendra Modi and and his whole leadership of, of the Lok Sabha in India, the way it's behaved is staggering. And... There's no British stance on this. I mean, the British government doesn't take a position on Kashmir, uh, not a significant one, or on India's uh, behavior with its uh, racist laws. Well, no, not exactly racist so much as, 
You know the four freedoms, the great four freedoms, Roosevelt's four freedoms, the, on which the Uni Universal Declaration of Human Rights is based for, by the United Nations. You know the great four freedoms the, on which the Universal Declaration of Human Rights uh, based, you, uh, Roosevelt's four freedoms, freedom from fear, freedom from want, freedom of expression, freedom of religion. Freedom of religion. Freedom of religion is what is being compromised here. Uh, because because there's not uh, no fair play in India with regard to the Muslim community, and it's so unfair this lack of justice. So what uh, is there? Is there any British stance on this? No, British foreign policy. British just ignores the Kashmir issue. And look at Kashmir. It's been you could say it's been in kind of lockdown since August 2019. We've had lockdown off and on with. With COVID, we know what it's like, but Kashmir has not only had to s s deal with COVID. Yeah, Modi's as hardline as Trump, and more so. You could say, actually, though, to be fair, Modi's actions over Kashmir, his most savage actions, were prompted by Trump because Trump was offering to intervene, and Modi was so proudful, that proudful, proper, that that he he reacted by. Abolishing Article 370 of the Indian Constitution. So what to do? And and you know the the, the some of the measures that have been taken, uh, the pulling of the internet down. Uh, of course, it's back now, but only barely back in Kashmir in the valley. It really has been extraordinary. Internet was removed for 213 days in Kashmir until it was restored on March in March of of this year. That's the longest shutdown in any democracy of the Internet. But it's, it's restored in limited fashion in some areas of the valley, and speed is restricted to generally to 2 or 3G. High-speed 4G is banned for Kashmir. And there are conditions with regard to tracking uh, online activity. So there, there are all sorts of restrictions on Kashmir and freedom of expression ongoing. What to say? What should be done? But what should be done is the the British the British Muslim community should wake up their complacency. They're great at demonstrating, aren't they? They'll go out on the streets and rant and rage, but that's about it. They won't really put real pressure on members of parliament. They're very poor at getting things done. It's all just a quick rant and then go back to bed. They're... they're really a complacent lot when it comes to any real political activism. They they have, you know, they put on side meetings at the conservative parties, national conferences, that kind of thing. Do they really lobby their MPs? They need to engage with all sides in British Parliament and stop just playing with Labour. Labour has betrayed them and they may as well come to realise that and look at look at other options. They can they can put pressure on Keir Starmer, but I think he's a lost cause as far as the British Muslim community is concerned. So we need to do some thinking here about uh, political activism in in the UK. And certainly the Kashmir issue is one that the world should care about. The most highly militarized area in the world. More soldiers per head of population than anywhere on earth. It's cruel what goes on in Kashmir, and it really should stop.